Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. As we go into things, the Lord leads us. But He's leading for our betterment. He's leading for our future. He's leading us to everything that we can have. And so, as we look into this, so this is where I got, I got two little different things here that the Lord's going to have me jump into. I'm, I'm, I'm parte, sure. But the beautiful, the, the most beautiful part is the fact that I don't have any of this wrote down. So, anybody want to tell me where Gehazi is? I can find him in the Bible. That's easy. Let's do it right here. Gehazi is actually one of my favorite guys. Um, and everybody may not know who Gehazi is, but uh, anyway, I want, I want, th- there's about five or six stories. I love Gehazi because he, uh, it, what he does is he shows us what a servant is on all sides. A servant meaning a helper or a, uh, Well, a servant, but in any role. But there's things that he does that were really, really good. Like, there's some awesome stuff that Gehazi does. And then there's some things that he did that were really, really not good as a servant. And so you can learn, like, all the extremes. It's kind of like David, okay? David was a great king and leader, right? Everybody loves him, God after, a man after God's own heart. And at the same time, there's some, like, spots in David's life. And you're like, oh. And so you learn both sides. Well, Gehazi is kind of that way. And so I, I, where I'm after here, got to figure out which Gehazi is. Where did my thing go? It's either going to be in 2 Kings 4 or it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not the one I want. That's the good Gehazi right there. That's a good one. He did so good. He recognized a Shunammite woman's... Uh, um, issues and problems. Then the bad one is in five where he gets greedy and finds himself full of leprosy. Um, the Gehazi I want happens to be the one where the, where the Syrians, I believe, come. Is that the one I want? Yeah, it just calls him a servant. There we go. Uh, verse six. Verse six. Um, chapter eight. And so we're going to talk about a, a couple little things here about uh, our, our blinded eyes, a little bit about our blinded eyes and what the Lord's done for it. And then, and then what I want to get into is why you're here, your purpose. You have a purpose, very intricate purpose that the Lord's called you for. And so we'll jump into this. Second uh, Kings 6, verse 8. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel and consulted with his servants, saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful, not just once or twice. Not just once or twice means more than one or two times. Just, anyway. I'm just helping people walk through the Bible here. Okay, therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? There's a traitor in our midst. I have said that we're going to go to such and such a place. See, such and such was in the Bible. Such and such. Anyway, we're gonna, and, and one of the servants said, none, my lord. 
O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Ooh. What? What? You gotta, gotta snitch. And the joke that I made to Pastor Sean last time, I don't remember. Was that Wednesday? No, it wasn't Wednesday night because I was teaching you, so it must have been last Sunday. Uh, I, he talked about love and all that stuff, and I said, yeah, I made sure to write snitches get stitches next to Corinthians 13. No, I'm just joking. But <laughs> anyway, but there's a snitch, and this guy wants to give him some stitches. Anyway, it's just the truth. Sorry. Okay, verse 12. And one of his servants said, none, oh, okay, yeah, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who's in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, and I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he, went, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army. Now, who, who rose? Who's, who rose here? When the servant of the man of God. Now, that guy's name is Gehazi. Just if you want to do any of that other research. The servant of the man of God arose early and went out. There was, um, sorry, I got to get back to my spot. I should have probably just kept reading up there. Went out. There was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear. We walk with God. Are you where God put you? Are you doing what God said to do? Are you inside the protection of the Most High? I said Most High. Nobody else goes above our God. If we're in this place, we stand with strong confidence and full assurance of good. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the servant goes, are you kidding me? I just went outside. I just saw an army. I know what shiny swords and shields look like. I can hear horses. I, I, this is an army. Are you, are you not seeing what I'm seeing here? People do this in your life. They want to tell you about your fear. They want to propagate it. They want to sell it. They want you to speak it. They want you to be consumed by it. We're not consumed by fear. We say... For those who are with them or with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed. It's a good place to go. Let's go get an answer from who has the answer. I don't got to assume. I don't got to suspect. I don't got to be skeptical. I don't got to think about the other person. I don't got to know how they're walking or what they're doing. I don't need anything but to go to the source of my supply. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, Bruce has lived his life by the next few... No, I'm just... Ah, I got him. I had to do it. 
And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The angel armies were encamped about them. So when the Syrians came down, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. It's interesting. Elisha knew God well enough that he could say, Lord, strike them with blindness. And then the Lord did it instead of saying, Lord, what do you want to do about it? See, this is interesting. When we're in relationship with people long enough, as you grow, maybe you first get married. I don't care. I don't care what you got to do. People say things like, you want eggs for breakfast? And you're like, yeah, I love eggs. Well, what do you do when you're first married? Well, did you want them scrambled, poached, sunny side up, over medium? Uh, you know, how, did you want them with cheese? Did you just want, right? But then ask somebody that's been married about 10 or 15 years. And they say, Sunny side up or scrambled? Because you don't care about poached or, over, or whatever, over media. You get these choices, and they come down. Well, see what happens when you start walking with God for a while. Do you got to ask him about everything, or do you know something that he said? Right? We got full confidence. We rest assured. I know what I can do in this situation. I've been here before. He's told me what to do. I'll just walk out and do what he does. Lord, I didn't even have to ask. I'm sorry. I thank you, Lord, that all my provision is made for me, and I'll just walk out into what you've called me to, knowing full well that you've placed it there before me. So he strikes them with blindness. Uh, now Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is this a city. Follow me, and I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led him into Samaria. And that's so awesome. So he brings him to the king of Israel. A whole blind army. Here you go, here's a present. Da, 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 da. You know, I mean, they're all marching, everybody's there. We're an army. And then, boof, then, then, they, then they get to see. And so, all I want to say about this is that God is for us and not against us. We have to have the perspective of heaven because obviously the perspective of man would not have helped him at all in this situation. So, now I want to jump to uh, one more here. And I just want to bring this up. And the one that I want, I'm sure it's, yeah, John chapter 11. Lord said this to me once a while back uh, during praise and worship. And uh, anyway, I never, never spoke it for you guys, but it is for you guys. This is a reason. This is why you can't walk in fear. This is why you have to be heavenly minded. I'll show you why you got these tools. It's kind of like the guy. This is funny, but once in a while you'll meet that guy. They own every tool. I mean, I'm not talking about Ron. You know, I mean, I, I mean, they own every tool that's ever been created. But see, Ron knows how to use them. That's the difference. Other people are like, I don't know what this is, but it's really cool. And it just goes, click, 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 click. It's like my kid with a ratchet. You know, I mean, that's what socket set. But they're just, oh, it's a noisemaker. I see these at the fun games. Click, 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 click. No, that actually takes off bolts. Uh, anyway. Um, in, in John chapter 11, we see here the death of a Lazarus. And, it says, and so we'll, we'll start in verse 1. It says, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil. <laughs> She's a prostitute. She's remembered to this day. It doesn't matter what you did in your past. You do something for God, 
He'll make a monument out of you. Come on, man. Everybody been wrecked. We ain't above anybody. We ain't above anybody. Glory. Um, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he sa- what, that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Where are you at in your life? Has he spoken these words over some of your things? This circumstance is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Are we living our life with the confident expectation of his glory? Are we looking strongly into the future? So let's continue. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. It's a good thing he only did what he saw his father do. Come on. The midnight hour is the toughest hour. The Red Sea moment is the toughest moment. But what tests you? See, are you, is the Lord testing you or is he showing you the reality of what's in the word of God? My marriage will survive. My kids will be healed. They will come to a full knowledge of Christ. What am I walking into? No, salvation is there for them. So he stayed two more days. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. <laughs> but you don't know, and we did this at the youth. They wanted to kill him in Judea. His brothers, we did this a while back. Did you know that his brothers tried to kill Jesus? Anybody knew that? Family feud, baby. It said, it said, it said, that's what it literally said. It said, it said, uh, Jesus did not go into Judea because they thought to kill him there, so he went to Samaria. And then verse 2 says, his brothers told him, why don't you go to Judea? You want to be known for all your miracles anyway. You got this big wig ministry. You're going to have all these things. You're so gifted and talented. Why don't you go over there? What's your family sound like when you walked into God? You got, he's going to make you, he'll make you into what he's going to make you. He'll give you that glorification. He'll raise you to the top. But yeah, Jesus' own brothers. Later, as we talked with them, James writes the book of James. Wow, deep thought. Um, He writes that letter. And he was a brother of Jesus that tried to kill him. And I believe it's John 10. I think it's back just one chapter. Maybe. Anyway. I don't need to go look that up for you. I I did want to, just because that's what I always like to do. So he said, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you're going there again? Didn't do it when his brothers told him to, but he'll do it when somebody's dying. I think there is somebody that leaves the 99 and goes after the one. 
Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but he sees the light of, his, of this world. If one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. Anyway, Lord, will Pastor Sean and Heidi sleep and rest? It's the natural intellect of man, and it's not wrong. It's not wrong. But they can have rest. These things he said, or, yeah, or sorry, uh, verse uh, 13. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. And so I'm going to jump. I want to jump down here to the end of it. He stops fear. Well, okay, I'll just keep going through. I'll pick it right back up here uh, in 19. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. If you exalt your problem, you will find people to come around and comfort you. Do you want the Savior or do you want the comfort? Come on, people. If your marriage is having a problem, do you want the Savior or do you want comfort? If your finances are having a problem, do you want a Savior or do you want comfort? Where are you going to go? If your family life is wrecked or whatever it is, who are you after? Birds of a feather flock together, but you ain't going to get yourself nothing but a bunch of fluff. Your Savior can save you. Anyway. Glory. Many, many of the Jews had joined the, to comfort them concerning their brother. Verse 20, then, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. You're going to have to get away from those people. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I have intellect of such great things, and I understand this, that everybody will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. That's real good religion. Not relationship. We need a savior. We don't need to know it all. Anyway, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Oh, wow. Anyway, and when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. In other words, you need to get out of here, too. This comfort that you're in is not good. This comfort is not for your best. Yeah. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Thank God. Action. Faith without works is dead. Oh, yeah, I heard, I heard God was going to come talk to me today. He never showed up. She arose quickly. But we got to lay it all down. I got to get there right now. 
I got to do it right now. I, I, I got some intensity on this. There's, a, there's an answer on the other side. He said to call. He called me to him. I, I'm going to come to him. And so, verse 3, now Jesus had not yet come into the town. Why? Because they're going to kill him. They took up stones. These people don't like him. And was in the place where Martha met him. He's still hiding out outside. See, that's wisdom too. You don't got to go running into every enemy. Listen to God. Anyway, uh, verse 31, Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly, oh, she made a commotion. Huh, didn't do it too well. Anyway, rose up quickly and went. Follow, they followed her saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came, or then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I love that. That's a big note of contention in a lot of things. That groan is not the groan of weeping. I've heard a lot of people talking about how he was touched with their thing, but see... I have a harder time with it because his word was already spoken that this death was not unto the death, or this death was not unto forever, but that this was for a time. I believe that your lack of faith disrupts and hurts the heart of God. I believe that's a groan of, and then, and I can show you multiple times where Jesus' humanity versus his uh, calling and his anointing. There's a few wonderful scriptures that the Lord's been showing me lately on these things where that would be the human nature and his spirit was troubled. Whew. His spirit was troubled. Now you got to get an answer from where? A spiritual answer. Let's go look for a spiritual answer. He groaned and his spirit was troubled and he said, where have you laid him? Let's cut to the quick. Let's get done with this right now. Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not, you'll hear people say this about your life. Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? They're going to say, I don't understand what you're doing or why you're doing it. But if you're led by God, you'll do crazy things. You're unreasonable people. Verse 3, then Jesus again groaning in himself. See, this is vexing him. That's anti-faith. All of that is fear. All of that is men's congealed ideas and thoughts. And they're telling God what to think. And they're trying to do these things. And they're applying it to him. Do you like it when people think for you? Shakes you on the inside. Then, uh, uh, then Jesus, groaning again within himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead four days. See, you know that the, I don't know if you know this, you, this is a very miraculous miracle according to Jewish custom because they believe that the spirit of a man could stay around for up to three days. 
There's people that have been raised from the dead for a long time. But this happens to go into the fourth day. So this breaks it all up. This just ruins a whole bunch of theology. We can't believe this anymore. He's been dead for four days. And has anybody went by and picked up a deer after four days on the side of the road? Like threw that in your car, took it home for the freezer? I mean, nice summer sun. Mmm, man, surely he stinketh. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Jesus said to her, did I not say? So what does he do? He puts you in remembrance again and again and again. He's not frustrated. Did I not say that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I love this, I thank you that you've heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. He always hears me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Jesus said to them, this is your point. This is where you get inserted in the story. You're the body of Christ. The people beside you have walked out from their death. They've stepped into life. But their past has wrapped them in grave clothes. Their culture, their skin color, their political views, their upbringing... Their parents have wrapped them in death and confined them to a tomb. And Christ has called them out. This is beside you. The answer comes in what Jesus says there. It says, Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. We have a body-to-body ministry where we're helping take the grave clothes off the person next to you. You're going to help take away that anger issue that came along. You're going to help deal with resentment. You're going to help deal with the patience problem. You're going to help deal with the things that they have because the Christ in you is greater than the, the destruction that has been in their past. When they came out of that place, you now get to see them set free. And those grave clothes are not who's going to define them, but the one that helps them because you're bound in those grave clothes. You've shook yourself out of a tomb, and you need the body of Christ to come along beside you and loose you and let you go. The ministry of pulpit ministry and body ministry and whatever it is, when ministry takes place, life is released. 
And those things, the anointing is there to break the yokes, to destroy the bondage. And the bondage will come off of you when you look at the person next to you and love them as the Lord did. Looking into their future to release their destiny. There's more life in you. You have further to go. There's another place. You're not defined by where you were. You're not defined by your past. I don't care what your cultural upbringing is. I don't care if you were divorced multiple times. I don't care if you're going through divorce. I don't care if your kids have fell from the Lord or if they're serving the Lord. I'm telling you, there is a hope for you. And it's the person beside you that will get you there. It's the person beside you is why you're there. Take what you know. You don't got to know it all. You just got to know something. And so the Lord showed that to me. He said that a few weeks ago. I don't remember when. I just remember it was in worship. And he said, you're here for those around you. To remove their grave clothes. To remove those things that have been wrapped around your mind and your body for years. People started wrapping you up when you were a kid. They started wrapping up your, your life and constraining your future when you were going through different things. They say people that have gone through the things you've gone through can't go to where you want to go. They're liars. I hear the voice of the master. He's called me out of the tomb. But I need you guys to help release what's in me to go where I need to go. And I got to help release what's in you to get you to where you need to go. You're a spectacle. You're an unreasonable person. You don't make sense to this world because you're special. You've been called out. You've been predestined to go forth into everything the Lord has for you. He's released power on the inside of you. He's filled you to the full. He said that you can go and do mighty and miraculous things. Let's set somebody free. And so we find ourselves fighting a fight against fear. Because if we don't, if, we, if we're in fear, we'll never make the move. Because you know what? I hate to say it, but the person beside you, they stinketh. I stinketh. There are things from my past that sit upon me that still need to be removed. But I'm growing into the newness of Christ, into the release that he has for us. And so we see that we will not fear, we will walk in love, and we will act as the body of Christ with what we have, with what we have. Every miracle, the Lord, I remember when the Lord said that to us back, I don't remember when that was, or to, through, anyway. Every miracle, the Lord used what they had. You have a mat? Take it up. Walk. You, you, can you go fishing? Yeah, go get the coin. That's fine. You have a net? Throw it on the other side. You, I have a hem to my garment. Why don't you just touch it? I have a shadow. Why don't you just get in it? 
I mean, what, what he says, you know, he, he says, you got a clay pot and a trumpet? Let's go take a town. See, he's never asked for anything that you did not have. The widow with her oil, the Shunammite woman that Elisha and Gehazi go to, they have it. We got this widow with the oil, and she goes, well, the debt collectors are coming. I mean, the men got to hear part of this in the men's thing. The debt collectors are coming to get my kids. She's a widowed woman with debt. Her husband died. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe that's a circumstance that's wrapped around you right now. Maybe you can't pay your taxes and pay your bill. You got yourself in a debt place. The woman, her husband died, and the collectors were coming to throw her two sons into prison to pay off the debt. And she said, and he says, well, what do you have? Just like what God said to Moses, what do you have? I just got a staff. <laughs> Anybody want that staff? I mean, it makes water come out of rocks. It splits the Red Sea. It does some pretty amazing things. But he says, she goes, I have nothing in my house. And then what was the next, the next word? But some oil. The Lord only wants what you have. He's not unreasonable. He's a source. He's a provider. He's given full sufficiency. And so, as with that woman, he told her, he said, get your vessels, and many, not a few. And they gathered vessels, and he goes, go into your house, go into your door, shut the door. And I, I, I have to make that comment, that, see, the Lord's about to do something miraculous, and it's not for everybody else to see, it's your miracle. You're going to go do something that's going to look crazy. You're going to pop the bottle on a little thing of oil and you just collected all the stuff that everybody around you, every neighbor has. Do you want them to see your faith act? Ooh, good Lord. That could talk. Because um, that's what a lot of people want. I want you to see my faith act so that you can think I'm holy and righteous. Yeah, right? Whew, Jesus. Anyway, so she fills the vessels, and they filled them all. And it says, and when all the vessels were filled, the oil stopped. Then what did she do? She went back to the prophet and said, what am I to do? See, she already had her miracle. It was already provided out of what she had, and she still didn't have her answer. She had everything she needed and didn't know the answer. You have everything that's needed to restore these people around you. Quit thinking you don't have the answer. Then the prophet tells her, he goes, go, sell it all, pay off your debt, and for your sons, and live on the rest. And it became a generational blessing to multiples. It paid off her father, it paid off her current debt, and it created a future for her kids. And he said, go live on. The Lord is providing so much on the inside of you, it'll get to your kids' kids. He wants your grandkids filled. He's an abundant, full, expressive God. 
and he, it's not to just show that your faith is so strong. Come watch me pour the oil. You guys want to see what the prophet told me to do? Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Everybody, this is what God's going to tell me to do. So this, you're going to watch him do a miracle right here. No. See, do you see it? Mary and Martha are slipping out the side. We've got to get away from these people that are comforting us. We got to walk away out of fear. We can't, we can't look into the things that we see because we got the angel armies around us. We, we have God with us. And when we start to get our perspective skewed on who God is, where God is, and what he's about, then we know our home. It's our home. And our home is good. It is a great place to live. And it ministers health to, and healing to the world. I'll read Isaiah 61. And we'll be done. And I'm sorry I took you so long. Like I said, I know that I can do it with the youth. Pastor Sean's not the only one, I guess, that runs really long. Um, sorry, glory to God. Isaiah 61. This is our profession. This is our profession. Does Jesus live in you? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? So you can say these things about yourself? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. What if you don't feel like it? Doesn't matter. That's right. Because the Lord has anointed me. Say, I'm anointed of the Lord. To preach good tidings to the poor or good news to the poor. You guys are preachers. I love the next part of this. (laughs) Well, never mind. I love that, that, you know what? He only preaches to the poor. Didn't say that he gave to the poor on this side. Preached to the poor. Why? Because this will not leave you in poverty. This is a provision for your future. This will establish you. This will strengthen you. This is a pathway to glory. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Say, I am here to heal the brokenhearted. Come on, glory to God. I am here to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of prison to those who are bound. Is this your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Yeah. See, the Lord draws them out. He calls to them. He calls to them. No, none of us get anybody saved. You didn't get somebody saved if you... The Lord called them out. The Lord did the work. We just either watered or harvested where somebody else had already watered or harvested. I proclaim the acceptable, favorable year of the Lord. Do you see this? This is your profession. I proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the truth. And the day of vengeance of our God. See, the Lord's been having me recite this for I don't know how long. I had to start doing this. He, he had me catch me in my devotion time. And he said, and I had to write it down. I said, I delight in justice. I delight in justice, I delight in justice, I delight in justice. That means I delight in receiving it, I delight in administrating it, and I delight delight in it when it happens. 
because sometimes we don't want to be, you know, we want it to be just us and not justice. Um, anyway, to comfort somebody who mourned. Is there a hurting person around you? You have the ability to comfort them. You have the ability to comfort them. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them, and this is, okay, and I'm just going to read this because this is the declarations of God. This is where you start getting happy. Uh, To give them beauty for ashes. What did you come out of? What was your past? Who were you? You bring it to us, it's ashes. (sighs) Nothing. Gone. But God gives you life. There's beauty. He's looking on the inside of you, calling you to your future, calling you to your destiny, calling you out to where you are. He said, you're beautiful. You're worth the precious blood and body of Jesus. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Gives you beauty for ashes. Bring your ashes. Oil of joy for mourning. Bring your mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Life is not that heavy. For they were called, that they might be called, I might be called, that I, I wrote in here, will be called. Trees or oaks of righteousness or right standing. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.